Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Coolangatta podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. We pray that this message is a blessing. So welcome uh, to church this morning. If you don't know uh, my name, I'm Jason. I'm one of the pastors here. I get the privilege of uh, my favourite thing that I get to do here at New Life is oversee and help facilitate Alpha. We kicked it off on Thursday night. It was a fantastic night and there was just a real buzz in the room. And um, for the first time since I've been leading Alpha, at the end of the night, every leader, when we had our quick little debrief, had a big smile on their face. I said, hey, where can you see God at work in your group and everyone was just glowing with their big smiles and they were like our groups are working Alpha is good and so I just want to say to those of you who have been praying for Alpha thank you but please continue praying for Alpha Uh, we really believe that God is going to do some wonderful things throughout that but I just want to say hey isn't that really really cool to celebrate that we as a church are seeing God bring new people in who are really curious about life um, and we get to introduce them to Jesus that's a really really cool thing that we get to do but if I'm not careful I'm going to talk for too long about Alpha and then not get to do my sermon and then we'll run out of time. So what we're going to do, we're going to close our eyes and then we're going to pray and then we're going to do a nice, good sermon and finish on time. (laughs) So Lord, we thank you that Jason will not waffle this morning. Amen. (laughs) No, but God, we we do just thank you for this moment that we actually get to just sit here. God, we get to open up text. We get to open your word, your love letter to us. And Lord, I pray that over the next few moments, Lord, may we all just have revelations of just how good Your love is, how much You love us, Lord. And because of that, because of what we read in Scripture this morning, Lord, God, may we walk out of this place feeling empowered and ready to go and shine Your light to those who need to see it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what I want you to do is I want you to put on your imagination caps for just a moment. I know it's a bit childish, but just hang with me for a second. And I want you to go back to either high school or primary school, whichever one you liked more. And I want you to imagine the lawn has just been mowed. There's a nice oval at your school. There's no grass clippings. The grass is dry. The sun's out. It's not hot. The classroom's been given like a brand new footy or soccer ball as well, like whichever one you like. And it's like you are ready to go out and just run rampant on that oval. You're like, I cannot wait for lunchtime. We're going to play the biggest game of sport. So the lunch bell goes, you book it out there. And I've already lost some people who are not sporty. Hang with me. You run out there and it's like the two, you know, best people get to be the captains, the two coolest people. And they start picking people and you're standing there and you're kind of looking and you're going, oh, it's getting smaller, less and less people. And there's something that goes through your head. Imagine in that moment, sitting there in that moment, there's something that goes through your head where you start asking the question, am I good enough? Will I get picked? Am I good enough? And now if I did lose you with the sporting metaphor, I am really sorry, but let me like try and give us some different scenarios to help us understand that weight of that feeling. Imagine, you know, you're in high school and you're a drama person, you audition for the drama. And then you were waiting that nervous moment to see what part, if you got a part, and you walk down the hallway, there's an A4 paper, and you walk up and you're scouring, trying to find your name, and you're wondering, am I good enough? I wonder if I'm going to get picked. I wonder if I'm going to make the team. And for so many of us, we still today, now I say imagine that in high school, because we can kind of all look back on that and go, oh yeah, I remember that feeling in high school. But I wonder how many of us today still have that same feeling in our day-to-day life. 
We were walking around, we were going around in our workplace going, gee, I hope I, I, hope I get recognised for the work that I do. I hope I get that promotion. I hope my kids, my wife, my family, I hope they notice the change that I've made. I hope they notice. Am I good enough to get their acceptance? Am I good enough to get that promotion? Am I good enough to turn my family situation around? Am I good enough to land that boyfriend or girlfriend? Like, am I good enough? And you know, I think so many of us who call ourselves Christians, we have that exact same posture when it comes to God. For some reason, we've confused the message of the world and the message of the gospel and we've kind of formed this super baby that was never meant to be formed. But actually what what we should be doing is we should be reminded of what it means to have our identity found in Christ. For us to not walk around going, I wonder if I'm good enough to make it on God's team. I wonder if I'm accepted. I wonder if, I wonder, will God ever pick me? Will I ever make it onto God's team? And it's this weird thing with the gospel and the message of Jesus, this question of, am I good enough? The answer is no. And that's a beautiful thing. Why? Because Jesus came to redeem and restore you, to set you free from that. To say that those labels, the way that the world, the society has labelled you, you no longer need to live like that. You get to live anew in Christ Jesus. So this question that we ask around, am I good enough? Will God love me? Has God invited me onto the team? It shouldn't even be on our radar, church. Because as we read in 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 9. Now, if you read Michael's email, you would know where I'm going this morning. So good on you that did. But you are a chosen people. What does that mean? You are a chosen people. Well, it doesn't mean that we're all standing around watching God pick His favourites and the best kickers of the footy, wondering, am I ever going to get a go? You are a chosen people. Those of you who have breath in your lungs and invited Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Saviour, you are a chosen people. Isn't that a freeing thing to know that we don't have to do anything? We don't need to wonder, am I good enough to get invited to be a part of God's team? We are invited to be a part of God's team. You are a chosen people. Church, this should be something that fires us up. It should be something that ignites our heart because when we look at the context of when this was being written, when Peter wrote this letter, he was writing to a bunch of Christians who are kind of trying to work out how do we be Christians? How do we be a little Christ? What does it mean for all of us, you know, from all different walks of life, how do we as a church function? How do we, how do we enhance the gospel? How do we shine God's light? And so Peter starts by saying this, that you are a chosen people. So right from the start, we don't need to wrestle or feel this insecurity around our identity. Am I good enough? Does God? Is God? Because we know God chose us, that God loves us. But not only that, you're a chosen people, but you are a royal priesthood. It just gets better, this verse. It is punchy. You are a royal priesthood. Now, when we read that, sometimes we can kind of go royal and priesthood and think a whole bunch of like modern contemporary ideas of those words. But if we actually go right back to the Old Testament and understand what a priest actually did, what they were there to do, well, a priest dedicated their lives to God. Every day they worshipped God. Every day they submitted themselves in prayer. They committed their lives to shining the light of Christ 
And this is kind of like, I know that some theological people are probably cringe at how watered down this is, but hopefully it's palatable for us to understand. But in some ways, they kind of acted as the spokesperson between the people and God. Because in the Old Testament, God was a bit more, you know, wrathful and a bit more scary than we understand since Jesus came onto the scene. And you needed to make sure that you were right before God. And so a lot of people weren't comfortable with going before God. And so the priest was like, let me act as your in-between person. Let me pray for you. Let me bring your name before God. And so we read about this, you are a royal priesthood. So what's Peter saying? He's saying you don't just get picked onto God's team and go sit on the bench and let everyone else play. He's saying, no, you are a royal priesthood. You are meant to commit yourselves to following Christ, to shining His light, to be worshipping God, to pray for your friends, to mediate for your friends who maybe don't know God or maybe don't feel like their relationship with God is shining bright. You are there to mediate between them, to bring their name before God, to discern, to listen. Hey God, what might you be saying in this person's life? So when we read this, that you are a royal priesthood, we need to understand that as nice as this is to say, there is a strong call to action for Christians. We don't just sit, we don't just watch. We, you, are a royal priesthood. Together we are a royal priesthood. Christine Kane writes this quote. She says, Nothing about my birth or yours was random or accidental. I was born for this time and so were you. We were each chosen for a particular cosmically important task that can be done by no one else. Let that sink in. You're a royal priesthood. You are a chosen people. You are a holy nation. Now, when we read this and we live on the coast, we think, I think Peter was writing this for the Gold Coast. He was not talking about a geographical location. What he's talking about is a state of people who no longer have the labels that the world placed on them. They no longer live by the rules or the ways that the world tells them to, but they've found a new identity. They've found new life in Christ. They are a new people, a holy nation. They have been set apart because they've asked Jesus Christ into their heart to be their Lord and their Saviour. He's saying, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a part of a holy nation. You are a part of God's family here on earth. You are Christ's ambassador. You shine His light and therefore your life should look different. A holy nation. You know, I remember back when I was a youth pastor, we had this youth kid and she was like as cool as a cucumber. Like she was, she was cool. All the girls wanted to be her, all the guys wanted to date her. And I remember when she came to our youth group and it was like, this cool kid's here. And like, you know, everyone was really excited. I was like, yes, our youth's cool. But it's really interesting. It's very cool now, by the way. Tell Courtney, it's very cool. Um, but it's really interesting. This girl came to our youth, right? She came with all this status, all the label, all the the following that was with high school. And God transformed her heart. And she committed her life to following God. And so much so, and I love this, she actually, she says she went back to school and all of her cool friends all just gave her the boot because she was a Christian. They were like, we no longer want to be friends with you. Actually, you're kind of not cool anymore. You can hang out with the Christians over there. And this, this young kid actually made an active decision that was like, no, no, I want to be set apart. 
I do not want to be a part of the labels that the world has placed on me. When they say it's all about identity, it's all about status, it's all about who you know, it's all about who you roll with. I understand that I now roll with the King, the Creator, and that is what matters to me. And I, I know we think, well, why am I telling a story about a teenage girl? It's because I think that she does it better than half of us. How many of us are brave enough to stand apart and go, yeah, I am a part of a holy nation. I'm a part of God's kingdom. I am okay with being different for the sake of the gospel. What does it mean for you to be set apart? What does it mean for you to stand as a holy nation with your brothers and sisters in Christ? There's another guy in our church. It wasn't a Christian guy at the time when he started coming here. Um, and he said that, you know, in his workplace, um, they'd often look at some inappropriate things beyond PG, let your imagination run wild. And, you know, it was just a part of that, you know, foul, toxic masculinity culture thing that was all there. And it was running rampant in this guy's workplace. And then he had this radical encounter with Christ one day. And then he said that he went, to, went back to his job site and what he would do is as all of those boys were watching whatever they were watching, objectifying women, looking at all this dirty, naughty stuff, this guy stood there with his arms crossed, his head down, either praying, reading the Bible or listening to worship music. And he goes, I do not want to be a part of this because all of a sudden he realised that when he had this encounter with Jesus, what he thought once mattered was this idea of satisfaction. And you know, I get what I want. It's all about satisfying me and this and that. And all of a sudden he had this encounter with Jesus and then he realised that none of that matters. And so he stood apart from everyone. He understood that he was a chosen person, that God loved him so much. Doesn't he just want him to sit on the sidelines? He gets to be a part of this holy nation. Another guy in our church I was talking to recently. Uh, he's um, one of those people who was very successful uh, early on in his business career and he was able to retire earlier than most of the other people in his age bracket or around. And, and you know, he was able to retire in a way that would indicate there was going to be a very, very, very comfortable life ahead of him. And this man, I was talking to him a little while ago and he said to me, he said, Jason, I believe, because we we're talking about retirement, sorry, helpful context. And he said, I believe that retirement is an unbiblical thing. And I was like, oh, this could be interesting. Explain this to me. And he said, well, I've retired from my paid vocation. I've retired from work. But the minute that I feel like I've retired from my calling that God has put on my life, what's the point? And it hit me, here is a guy who in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of the world, he was entitled to sit at the bowls clubs, to enjoy his nice dinners, to travel around the world, to enjoy all of that, which you know he does do to some context. But more than that, he goes, there is a purpose to everything that I'm doing. I am here to shine Christ's light. I will never retire from the calling that God places on my life. As long as I'm here on earth, you better believe I'm sharing the gospel and I'm inviting people to come and know Jesus Christ. Here's a guy who understands what it means that the world says one thing, but God actually says another thing. And so I want to ask you that question again, church. What does it mean for you to stand apart from the world? As you look forward to your year, 2024, as we stand here and we have such a broad demographic of people as far as employment, as far as work, as far as study, we have such a diverse group. But as you stand here today, as you sit here today, what does it mean for you to stand apart from the world? 
Those of you who call yourselves Christians, what does it mean for you to stand apart? And regardless of how insignificant, how small you think the part is that you play, what does it mean for you to actually stand in that? Because as we read 1 Peter, we read it. You're a chosen people. So you're chosen. You're a royal priesthood, aka get off your backside and get to work. You're a part of a holy nation. You're a part of something. You're made to stand apart. You are God's special possession. When I was a youth pastor, I think every teenager and young adult in the room will roll their eyes when I say this verse because I said it all the time because I thought if they can know one thing, you are God's masterpiece. You are created anew in Christ Jesus to do something that He planned for you long ago. You are God's special possession. Oh, when you think about in your life, what's something special to you? Now think material just for the sake of the, of the analogy. But think about like it might be a car, it might be an instrument, it might be a collection. And what do you do with that special possession? Do you leave it out in the sun? Do you trash it? Do you not care for it? No, you use it in the way that it was intended. You care for it, you look after it, you nurture it. You create a nice sound out of it. You do a cool burnout if it's a car, like whatever it is, you, you use it. That's what God does with us. He sees us as His special possession. He loves us. He nurtures us. But He doesn't wrap us in bubble wrap and put us in the corner. He says, no, be a part of it. Go to work. Get out there. Make a beautiful sound. Don't do a beautiful burnout. I don't know if that's in the Bible, but you know what I mean. God doesn't want us to just sit there and sit aside, sit to the side. God wants us to be a part of what He's doing here on earth. God invites us to shine His light in this dark world. You know, um, growing up, we um, we rarely flew on planes. Um, we would, as a family, we would holiday. I know I shouldn't say this, but we used to holiday in Bonnie Doon. I realise there's a whole bunch of bokanisms there. It's true. We had a caravan there. It, I promise that's actually true. But um, anyways, we, um, we got to go on this plane when I was about 15 or 16 and I'm sitting there with Dad and Farmer Dad sometimes says stuff that's not helpful and, you know, we got to go on the window, we got to sit in the side and we get to look out and Dad says to me, Jace, it's pretty crazy to think this whole plane's held together by rivets and I'm thinking, oh, Oh, I don't know about this, Dad. I'm thinking, I haven't flown in a plane for a long time. Like, I've watched air crash investigations. Like, yeah, it's crazy to think. It's all just little rivets. And so he starts, you know, like, these are little rivets. That's what holds a plane together. Now, I'm sure engineers will come and correct me. Please do so once again. I come from a farming background. But as we looked out there, I looked and I saw all these wonderful little rivets all in line. And if we were to look at a rivet, just this little thing here, and we were to look at it just on face value, we would say that that really can't achieve much on its own. Just this rivet by itself. But if they actually all work together, they can hold a plane together. They can fly a plane. And I think that this should be a metaphor for us as a church That as we go out this year, regardless of the label that we have, regardless of the job, the title, where we find ourselves working, regardless of what fills in our week, we need to understand that we have a part to play in God's kingdom here on earth. We have a part to play. Now, once again, aeronautical engineers will probably cringe at this, but I imagine if one of the rivets falls out of a plane, A, they'll discover it, so we don't need to worry about that, but B, I imagine the plane would still fly. 
But then if another one fell out, structural integrity starts to get a little weaker and then eventually the plane will get to a point where the integrity means that it won't be intact. Now the beautiful thing is, is that God does not need us to build His church, but God invites us to be a part of what He's doing here on earth. And so God says, if you want to be a part of it, if you want to play a part in bringing my kingdom here on earth, I'm shining my light, then you do your little bit. You be a part of the church. You be the church. So when you go into your workplace and there's that annoying employee, you remember that you're a rivet. You remember that you are playing a vital part in holding our church, not New Life Church, but the church, the Christian church together here on earth. You are shining Christ's light in your world. Church. We're rivets. And if we look and we see it and we go, oh, well, it's not much, well, then that's all it is. But we, if we actually look around, look around in this room together, look at all the different skills, all the different callings, all the different ways in which God is using people in this room, and we understand that we as a church, we as followers of Christ, we can do something special here. Not for our name, not to bring glory to our name, but to bring glory to God's name to go out into our worlds, to shine the light of Christ. And so what I want to do when, um, when, when you get prayed for, um, at the end of the prayer, I'm going to, once again, if it's appropriate, if you, don't ha- if you have kids, I would just say these are small and they are a little bit of a choking hazard. But I'd encourage you to take a rivet. You've got plenty of them, they're cheap. <laughs> but take a rivet. It's probably not a good thing to say about aeroplanes either. Anyways, that's fine. Take a rivet and then put it somewhere that will remind you of what you're going to do this year. So if you are a tradie and every day you go to work and the first thing you do is plug on that radio and hit play, tape the rivet next to your radio. If you sit at a desk, tape the rivet on top of your computer screen, not on the screen or you probably get in trouble. If you find yourself driving in an Uber and you know you drive Ubers for a living or you do that on the side, stick the rivet somewhere that doesn't impair your vision but somewhere for you to see. And be reminded this year that in those small and insignificant little moments that you may think don't add up, that if we as a church, we as followers of Christ, if we band together and we rally together, then we will be a part of something significant. We will be a part of God's kingdom here on earth. Not for our glory, but to bring glory to God. To have these moments where we get to introduce people to Jesus Christ. And that, regardless of your status, regardless if you're a CEO, if you're a student or wherever you find yourself, if you're an apprentice, you own a business, wherever you find yourself, that should be the calling that keeps us going. To be a royal priesthood, to worship God, to pray for those in our world, to introduce people to the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. So this year, church, my encouragement is be a rivet. Remember, when you look at that, just be reminded that what you do is significant, that when we as a church all come together with our gifts and the different assignments that God has given us, then we can come together and we can be a part of something beautiful. We can be a part of God's kingdom here on earth. And that, that's something that I want to be a part of. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to pray, God, that this year, 
Lord, may it not be a year that's marked by striving for achievements for achievement's sakes or status for status' sake, Lord. But God, I pray that this is a year where we as Christians, we as Your followers, Lord, we can seek the opportunities to be Your ambassadors in our workplaces, in our homes, in our classrooms, on the job site, Lord, wherever we find ourselves. God, I pray that this year is a year where we, God, we can shine your light. God, we can be a part of something special, not for our sake, but for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you'd like prayer, you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.